0: Welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. I want you to turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 5. 2 Chronicles 5. And we're going to talk tonight about the glory of God manifesting in his churches. And if you don't know what that phrase means right now, or you don't understand what I just said, you will in just a few minutes. Um, This is something that I believe the Lord's been wanting to do for a long time. Uh, I don't think he's been able to do what he wants to do in this area. So he's going to help us to get to the place where he can do this. So 2 Chronicles chapter 5, let's look at verse, oh, let's read verse 13 and 14. So this is in Solomon's day. They just got done building the church, paid it off. Everything was paid off. And it says in verse 13, it came even to pass as the trumpeters and singers in this church service were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For He is good, for His mercy endures forever, that then... Everybody say, that then. That then the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priests... Could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. So they had gotten to a place in their unity, in their spiritual development, in their hunger for God, where God was able to manifest Himself in their service, and the manifestation appeared unto them like a bright, shining cloud in the building. And it said it was so strong that they, the priest couldn't even stand to minister. They were on the pavement. And I don't know if any of you have been in a meeting like that, where the glory cloud came into the room, and before you knew it, people were on their face. Brother Hagen talks about quite a few meetings like that that he has been in, and so he teaches some of these things. I, I have a book here called Classic Sermons. And basically what this book is, it's a compilation of a lot of his Word of Faith magazine articles throughout the decades, and he put them into a book. And so he put one here called The Glory of God. So he just read this scripture, and I'm going to tell you what he said about this scripture, and then we're going to get in some more scriptures here. The chapter is 23, The Glory of God. He just read what we read. And then he says, Have you ever been among a gathering of believers where the presence of the Holy Spirit was so strong people were not even able to stand? I have many times. I don't know about you, but I am hungry to see more of the glory of God manifested in our midst. That's what God wants. He's growing us up spiritually as a body so we will usher in his manifested presence more and more when we come together to worship and magnify his name. A couple of key things I want you to think before we go to the other scriptures. Number one, he said, this manif- God being able to manifest in this way in our church service is something he's been wanting to do. And I don't know, we're thinking, oh, this is the glory manifest. Oh, the glory of God's going to be so wonderful. People fall when his glory shows up. You know, people get healed without even praying for him. Um, people get saved without even having an altar call. People get filled with the Spirit and start speaking in tongues without anybody even laying hands on anybody. When the glory of God, when the, which is simply the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in a church service, when it can get so strong that you can't even stand. Now, Brother Hagen, he said when he saw this glory, he's seen it more than once. When he saw this glory, he said it's like looking at white snow on a bright blue sky, sunny day, and just diamonds everywhere. Like diamonds in the air, but it's like a cloud of diamonds He said there was times he knew he saw it coming in the back of the congregation as he was praying for people in a prayer line and he saw it coming in so he backed up on the stage. People didn't know what he was doing and all these people in the prayer line had their eyes closed and he saw the cloud. He knew if he stayed in the cloud, he'd fall down. So he backed up and got away from the cloud because he he wanted to see what was going to happen. The cloud came over the people in the prayer line. All their eyes are closed. Brother Hagen goes like this and they didn't see him. He goes like this and they all fell over like dominoes and people start getting delivered and set free. He said one time in one of his meetings, he said, I pastored a lot of churches in 12 years. And he said, only two churches I could get to the place where we could actually usher in the glory of God. He said, I could only get two churches to that place of spirituality and unity to where the glory of God can manifest. He said once he, they, they were in a meeting, he was, he was, I think there was a guest minister at this meeting, but I think it was his church, and they were ministering. And then all of a sudden, just all of a sudden, Like a big, giant flashbulb went off. And everybody's kind of going like this for a second. And they open up their eyes. They open up their eyes. People were at the altar getting saved. And the people in the chair said, well, they were right by me. I didn't feel them go by me. And it was only a split second that the flash happened. In that split second, people were immediately at the altar. Translated, immediately getting saved. People that weren't filled were getting filled. A woman who was brought in that meeting on a stretcher. Given up to die, skin and bones got up and started running around the auditorium, totally healed. Nobody prayed for her. Nobody, nobody invited these people to come forward for the altar. call. They were in their chair one second, next second they're kneeling next second, they're kneeling at the altar after this bright flash went off. Do you remember when they were in the upper room? They said a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind filled all the house where they were sitting. You'll find scripture after scripture in the Old Testament where it said the glory of God filled the tabernacle, filled the temple, the priests hit the pavement. I mean, there's, there's one time, and I'll show you this scripture in just a second in Exodus 40. One time, the, the glory of God filled the tabernacle that God told Moses to build and they built in the wilderness there. The glory of God filled the tabernacle. And it said Moses tried to get in and he couldn't get in because of the glory of the Lord. Yeah. Now that's really interesting to me because there's some people we don't want in our churches. Yeah. Yeah. They try to get in when the glory of God's there, they're going to bounce off. That's better than an Israeli soldier yeah. hanging out at the front door. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The glory of God makes it a very safe place. Right. <laughs> you know you what I'm saying? And uh, it says on the Mount of Transfiguration, when G- when Peter, James, and John saw the glory of Jesus, and they, and it said they entered into the glory and they were afraid. This is the apostles. So it's like, it's almost like you, you get some thinking, you know, we may need to get ready for this. <laughs> you know, I mean, not not afraid like you're afraid of a rattlesnake or a tornado, but, uh, but like a holy reverence, like... All right, Lord, I confess all my sins. <laughs> Just like God. <laughs> but no, sir, the glory of God, the power, the glory, the healing, God has been wanting to manifest His glory among His children more than we've been letting Him. So let's, let's look at a couple more scriptures to verify some of these things here. So look with me in Haggai chapter 2. I wanted to go here first. Haggai chapter 2 and then I'll show you some scriptures where the glory of God appeared again but I want let's look at this first because I I think we need to talk about glory in the church this is where it's happening no wonder there's opposition to going to church (laughs) something's something real powerful is and going to happen in the local churches and so look at Haggai chapter 2 anybody know where Haggai is right after Zephaniah, right before Zechariah. Haggai chapter 2, and they'll put it up on the screen too. Look at verse 9. This is the prophet saying that the glory of the latter house shall be greater than the former house, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, everybody say place. So he's not just talking about a people, he's talking about a place. Yes, he is talking about a people, but he's not just talking about a people. Because in the New Testament, we're individually the house of God, but when we all come together as the house of God. We'll see a corporate anointing and a greater glory. So it says the glory of the latter house, we could look at this as the latter church, the church in the last days, is going to be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I'll give peace, says the Lord of hosts. So what do we have to look forward to in the latter days? Greater glory. Greater glory. Anybody interested, like I am, in what we can do to usher in greater glory? Greater glory. You know, like Brother Hagen said, he could only get two churches to that place where they were actually able to usher in the glory of God in such mighty ways. Well, I believe we can do it. Um, the enemy doesn't want it to happen, so you know we need to be on guard for violating the things we're supposed to do so he can do this, and we'll talk about that. What some of those things are. Look in Ephesians 3. I wanted to show you this out of the New Life Translation. If you guys got my email back there, then I'm sure you're probably all ready for this. Ephesians 3, and we're going to look at verse 21 out of the New Life Translation. Paul's ending a prayer for the church, and he says in verse 21, "...may we see his shining greatness in the church." And this is actually a real literal translation. I didn't know that till I just read some things earlier today. The New Life Translation. Now the King James says, uh, Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. The New Life Translation says, Paul's saying at the end of his prayer, May we see his shining greatness in the church. That's great. Yes. May we see his shining greatness in the church. You see, here's the thing we have to realize as Pentecostal, Word of Faith, Holy Ghost-filled believers. Here's what we got to realize. You ready? It doesn't stop with speaking in tongues. It starts with speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues is the beginning of greater things than we've ever seen in our lives. It's not the end. Oh, I got filled. I speak in tongues. What's next? Lots. Lots. I think Oral Roberts used to always say tongues is like the trigger for the rest eight gifts of the Spirit. Prophecy, word of wisdom, workings of miracles, discerning of spirit, special faith, gifts of healings, right? And so we, we, need, to, we need to be speaking in tongues a lot, and we need to be expecting the next levels of glory in our lives and in our church. Did you know the Lord could do something so powerful in one of our church services that we, get, we grow so fast that we have to call other churches to help us because our boats are sinking and our nets are breaking? Actually, Keith Moore prophesied that over us years ago. He said so many people are going to come to your church that you're going to have to call other churches in town to help you with the harvest because you do not have enough room or personnel to love all those people once they come to the church. And he he quoted the scripture where Jesus said, go launch out into the deep, let down your nets for a dot. And they did it, and they caught so many fish, the nets were breaking, and the boats were sinking. Partners came by with their boats, their nets were breaking, boats were sinking. And then, of course, relate that to a harvest of souls. How many think we ought to get ready for this? You know, there's some disturbing things happening in our country and in our world today. And I don't think we're going to win the war, the word war, on Facebook. You know, I don't think, I don't think we're going to convince. But I tell you what, when the glory of God shows up, we're way beyond a word war. You can argue words, you can argue doctrine, you can even argue scripture, but you can't argue the presence of God. You can't argue what happens in meetings where the presence of God is manifested. I, um, I know Norval Hayes was sharing a testimony one time when the glory of God came in and there was a lady on the front row all crippled up, feet, arms and everything. Kind of almost, I think, real skinny and scrawny. And, and uh, um, the glory of God came down and he ministered to her and she floated out of the wheelchair in front of everybody. She floated up in the air, out, out of her wheelchair and everybody started hearing this. And her bones were all straightening out and she landed on her feet. And next time, I think Norval saw her, she had high heels on, walking perfect. Glory of God. That's, if we're talking about the presence of the Lord in manifestation. Let me explain that real quick, what I just said there. How many of you believe the Lord's in this room right now? Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst. How many believe He's here right now? Well, if He's in you, He's here. Greater is He that's in you than he that's in the world. He, Jesus is in here. But it doesn't mean He's manifesting. Just like there's singers in this room right now. Doesn't mean they're singing but just because they're not singing doesn't mean they're not here. We've got to realize God's here whether he's manifesting or not. Right, right. Got to watch out about saying, come, Lord, oh, come. We need to say, manifest, Lord, oh, manifest. Because he didn't lie. He said, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. And so we want him singing, so to speak. We want him manifesting. We want him doing what he does. And it's so interesting. I'm going to show you a scripture for this in just a minute. It blew me away when I saw it. But I'm going to show you a scripture that backs this up. It's not God is going to manifest himself to us. No, it's we're going to open the door to him. He stands at the door and knocks. It's not God manifests. It's church opened the door. And I'll come in and sup with you. You ought to look that word sup up sometime. It is the most intimate word. He said, I will come in and sup with you. We're talking, he doesn't do this with everybody. Just like a married person doesn't do certain things with everybody. It's just for the covenant partner who's, you know, loving back. Very interesting. We'll look up the word sup sometime in Revelation 3.20. We'll go to it in a minute here. But anyway, Ephesians 3.21 says, May we see his shining greatness in the church. Anybody say amen to that? Father, may we see your shining greatness in this church and any church that's hungry for you. Oh, Father, may we see your shining greatness in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Um... I wanted to read again, I just, I said something in here, and I wanted to touch on this just a little bit in the thing I just read out of the book here. There's a phrase that he, um, where is this picture? There it is, right there. Okay. So he said, have you ever been among a gathering of believers where the presence of the Holy Spirit was so strong people were not even able to stand? I have many times. I don't know about you, but I'm hungry to see more of the glory of God manifested in our midst. That's what God wants. He is growing us up spiritually as a body so we will usher in his manifested presence more and more when we're come together to worship and magnify his name. He's growing us up spiritually so we can usher in. Is it just God manifesting his glory when he wants or is it us ushering in his glory when we're ready? So we, we'll see that, like I said, in Revelation. Well, that to me, I said, okay, Lord, what do you mean grow us up spiritually? <laughs> do you realize some of the best advice you'll ever get is grow up? It does so many wonderful things physically, and it does so many wonderful things spiritually. Sometimes it's not, let's go to the next level. No, it's only one way. Let's grow to the next level everybody wants to go to the next level but not everybody wants to grow to the next level because sometimes growing isn't comfortable there's some suffering involved in growing there's some dying of what we want dying to dreams we thought we wanted to pursue there's to get to certain levels in God there's some things we're going to have to give up we're going to have to give up to grow up to get up to some of these places. Now don't get me wrong. We're not talking about buying anything. We're just talking about being able to handle it. <laughs> Can I just say this? Praise the Lord. His glory hasn't been stronger in some of our lives. <laughs> I mean, if Peter, James, and John feared to enter into the glory, it must be something very awesome about that. How many think you want to be a little ready before we enter into the glory? (laughs) Even though healings happen, miracles happen, there's still something awesome about the presence of God in manifestation. You just kind of want to be on, you know, a place where your heart's not condemning you. you Just like, I'm not talking about being perfect either. We're not talking about that. These guys weren't perfect in the Old Testament. They were consecrated. They just came out of the holy place. They're all arrayed in white linen, which is symbolic for, you know, not be living in sin. But it said one of the greatest keys, and we'll talk about this, one of the greatest keys to seeing God's manifested presence in our church is unity. Division will stop these things like that. got to watch out about division. Division is terrible stuff. It quenches the spirit. It grieves the spirit of God. It it keeps things from like this happening. I personally, I'm just going to say this as a loving pastor, I I just really think we need to just kind of, I don't know, just watch out about how strong we are in our political stance. Because I've seen, this may sound strange, I've seen wonderful Christian friends like this and now they're deleting each other off of Facebook because of their political stance. It's called division. How about we just talk about Jesus <laughs> and the Holy Ghost, get filled with the Spirit, and then we'll all vote right anyway. That's right. Would. Come on, when you're filled with the Spirit, you're going to vote right anyway. If we're, if we're all filled with the Spirit, we're all going to vote right anyway. I am, I'm, a, I'm a little disturbed, and I don't know, Candace, because I know you're not in city limits, but I heard that the, the election in the city area here, I'm not sure about the marijuana thing or whatever it was. Oh, did anybody hear what happened with the marijuana in city limits? It did pass, which is not good. Um, why did that happen? I, I was just watching a video of a guy in Calgary, Canada, very, very recently. I think in a few days, just within the last few weeks, I think. And he was at the police station there, about, about you know, 10, 12 other believers were there, uh, protesting because a preacher was arrested for preaching out of Romans chapter 2 that homosexuality is a sin, but God loves homosexuals. The police came, escorted him to jail, and taking them, I don't know, Montreal somewhere, and uh, for saying what the Bible said, and it's not the first time it's happened. So I'm, I'm hearing, all, how could this get passed? How could that get passed? How could this be legalized? How, how could they arrest people for quoting scriptures? And the person that was talking about this was from a nation who had firsthand experienced communism, and he said it is, and he was he was upset at Canadian pastors and churches. Because they weren't coming down there to support, you know, this shouldn't be. And he got a little, got a little more angry than I, I, I would get. Um, but I thought, what's going on? Well, a lot of dark stuff is going on. I mean, we've got a choice, church. We've got a choice. We can, we can get run over in these end times or we can contend for the glory of God and see this thing change. I heard the Spirit of God say that when the glory manifests, we're going to pray certain prayers and say certain things that are going to come to pass immediately because the glory is going to get on top of our prayer and make it happen right now. And as we were were having dinner tonight, and we were discussing these things, and I really sensed in my heart that Jesus is wanting to appear to some people on the road to wherever they're headed, like Saul of Tarsus. Jesus appeared to him, terrorist, went to Apostle Paul almost overnight. Um, he's wanting to appear to some people but he said I can't do it if my church keeps criticizing those people they got to be praying for their persecutors they got to be praying they got to be blessing they can't be cursing they got to be praying and blessing if they want me to appear to these people because I was thinking well, who, who's strong enough to rise up and help fix some of this crazy stuff that's going on you know the, the, the thing that's hurting the children I mean oh my goodness oh, I can't even say what we heard last night about the five year olds That was Arkansas. In Arkansas. There's a bill that's being developed and they're trying to pass it. I think they shut it down. But just the, just the craziness of it to say, we want to be able to give kids five years old and up the ability, we, we will surgically remove the parts of their body to make them the other gender, or we'll give them this chemical to drink and it will dissolve certain parts of their body and they want it to go down to five years old. Arkansas. Now, that didn't go through because it got shut down. But who in authority would want something like that? You, that's worse than causing children to pass through the fire. At least then, immediately they're in heaven. But that's terrible as well. But this is destructive. This is demonic. We're way beyond just equal this and that. I mean, this is demonic stuff. We need the glory. We need the glory of God in our churches. We need the power of God. We need, the, we need God to be able to have opportunity to manifest in our services. And in those services, things will happen that will radiate beyond these four walls that they'll have no excuse for and no defense for. Not in the area of you know, hurting anybody, but just... I really believe the Lord wants to appear to some people that are going the wrong way 100 miles an hour. And when he does, they're going to change overnight. And news is going to get out that they saw Jesus. And hundreds and thousands and millions are going to follow them because they're going to know the reality of it. God's got a way to help us out and change some of these things. Don't think it all has to happen through voting. And it could happen quickly when Jesus starts appearing to people. Romans 11 Let's go to Romans 11. Romans chapter 11. It's really no mystery how to succeed in what I'm talking to you about tonight. It's, really, it's really no mystery. Let's just grow into it. Anybody willing to grow into these things? Let's grow into this. Remember Brother Hagan said the Lord has to grow us up spiritually so we can... Be ready and usher in this manifested presence of God. So it's really no mystery. Let's just grow into it. So Romans chapter eleven, here's a New Testament explanation of what the glory of God is. In verse eleven, Romans chapter eight. Did I say it? Verse eleven? Romans eight eleven. Yeah, Romans eight eleven. Did I say eleven eleven? Oh come on, you guys aren't hearing right. Get the wax out of your ears. <laughs> Romans 8, 11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised Christ up from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Well, we know from the other scripture that Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. Here it says Jesus was raised from the dead by the Holy Spirit. And so the glory of God and the Holy Spirit are the same thing. So really we need to realize that manifestations of the glory of God are simply manifestations of the Spirit of God in the earth realm. Appearances of God perceptible. You see it. You definitely feel it. You hear it. Not just know and believe it. That's great. That's powerful. But you see it. You hear it. You feel it. And it's simply manifestations of the Holy Spirit that's talked about in this verse here. So, why don't we go to Revelation 3. Let's talk just for a minute about ushering in God's glory. See, that's different than waiting for God to do something. Oh, oh, I'm just really excited about God's going to manifest Himself. Who? Is it going to be today? How about we not just wait for Him to manifest Himself? How about we open the door to it? I'm going to show you why we need to do that. Romans 3.20. Excuse me. Revelation 3.20. Am I keeping you in check here? So go ahead and look up on the screen if you don't have a Bible. Revelation 3.20. He's talking to a New Testament church in Laodicea. And he says, behold, church, I stand at the door and knock. Why don't you just come on in? I could see this as a church service. He's talking to an entire church here in Laodicea, the church of the Laodiceans. He says, I'm standing at your door and knocking. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. So there is a principle here. Why doesn't God just do it? How about the question, why don't we open the door? He's respectful. He's non-pushy. He will never violate free will. Right? And so here he says, open the door. How do we do that? In the last few minutes, we'll mention a few things. Open the door, and he said, I'll come in and sup with you. Now, in John 14, you might as well turn there. John 14, 21 and 23. This is another very interesting scripture. If we want to see greater manifestations of the glory of the Lord... How do we open the door? How do we set the atmosphere so it rains? How do we usher in? How do we make it so pow- how do we make our atmosphere and our hearts and our attitudes to to such a a place or a demeanor to where God goes, I'm gonna go hang out there today and I'm gonna reveal myself there today. Well, you gotta want it. I mean, you got to love him, right? We just don't go revealing parts of ourselves to people unless we're married to them, right? Yeah. Our emotions in certain levels and our love. God's he doesn't just manifest himself to anyone. And so it says, he, Jesus said, He that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. That's intimate. We're talking about the glory of God. How how do we get manifestations of the Lord? Well, we need to love him so much that obedience is a joy. And not, like, like Dominic said, not just, ob- yes, obedience to the written Word, but also obedience to the promptings of the Spirit yeah. that are in line with the Word. Yeah. Yeah. See, we need to get into those things that please Him. Because the Lord does distinguish between o- obeying His commandments and pleasing Him. First John says, whatever we ask, we receive of Him. Because we keep His commandments, and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. So I think a really good study is find out, get a concordance, what pleases God. And if you do a study, you'll also find out what displeases Him. Yes? We keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. Here's one, you ready? They that are in the flesh cannot please the Lord. They that are walking after the flesh cannot please the Lord. Here's another one. you ready? Without faith, it's impossible to please him. The Bible says in Proverbs, a wise son makes a glad father. So we don't want to be dummies. (laughs) There's certain things all through the scriptures that please the Lord. And then there's certain things the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, grieve not the spirit of God. And he lists it right around a bunch of things like, don't let any evil speaking come out of your mouth. Quit talking bad about one another. Quit lying. Quit cheating. Quit stealing. Quit being bitter. And then he says, don't grieve the Spirit of God. Well, the Spirit of God, if the Spirit of God is the glory of God, and he is in manifestation, then we better watch out about grieving him. He is likened unto a dove. And we need to walk every day of our life like there's a dove on our shoulder. You know what I mean? So he doesn't fly away. When it comes to love, when it comes to how we treat people, when it comes to what we're thinking, there's a dove on my shoulder. Jesus walked for 33 years. Well, actually, after he was baptized in the Holy Ghost and the dove came on him, he walked for three years, three and a half years And that dove never left. The Holy Spirit. He's not a dove. He's like a dove. He can be grieved. And you don't want to grieve the one who has your healing power. You don't want to grieve the one that has your miracle for your baby. We don't want to grieve the one who has the answers to all of our problems. So it would be good to just maybe realize, Holy Spirit... I'm not not talking about being scared. I'm talking about being, you know, like walking on eggshells. We're just talking about being very aware that you can grieve him. And Ephesians 4 talks about a group of things that does grieve him. And um, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 says this, quench not the spirit. He can be grieved. He can be quenched. And we don't want to quench the one who has the power we need to fix our marriage and our family. We want to yield to Him. Right? You know, when the things of God become really, 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 really precious to us, we'll see more great things. It's a principle. God said, don't cast your pearls before swine. Why? Because they don't appreciate them. They don't know what they are. Don't give that which is holy to the dogs. Why? Because they don't know the difference between a Bible and a bone. They'll chew up the Bible like they chew up the bone. He says, don't watch out, because is he really going to give us all these amazing things if we don't appreciate him? Well, no. So so we just need to really turn up our appreciation for the things of God. Maybe come to church a little more expecting like God. And, you know, come to church like he's going to show up. Manifest. He'll be here, but we want him to manifest. How? In miracles for your body. Immediate deliverance from depression. Immediate deliverance from demon harassment addictions right and people coming in here bound by lust for 25 years getting in trouble with the law and all kinds of stuff leave that service totally free not even have a desire for it for the rest of their lives because of an encounter with the presence of God it's happening guys there's some things in some people's lives you may even be here or watching online right now you're thinking like this thing's just not you're not able to shake it it's going to be with you forever no it's not you may feel like it's going to be with you forever. You may think it's going to be with you forever. You may think that depression, that hurt, that past abuse or whatever, you may think that's going to be with you forever. No, it's not. The glory of God's going to melt it away in one meeting. And you're going to go, what? I'm in a whole new world. You're not even, you're not even going to be able to under, understand yourself anymore after certain meetings like this. <laughs> Whew. So... Is it God, manifest your glory? Or is it church, open the door so God can come in? According to Revelations 3.20, according to these other scriptures, it's open the door. Do what He said. He'll manifest Himself to us. And so doing what He said is like part of opening the door. He that loves me keeps my commandments. Isn't that what it said? What did it say in verse um, 23? Very similar verse. He that had, no, verse, uh, let's see, John fourteen twenty three. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. That's powerful. Whew keys to the manifest presence of God obedience Psalm 133 you don't have to turn there but, but Psalm 133 says behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity he said it's like the anointing that ran upon Aaron's head down his beard even to the skirts of his garment it says there the Lord commanded the blessing where? Unity. So no wonder there's division going on. No wonder the devil's trying to get the church divided. I'm telling you, we need to we need to magnify Jesus right now. It's it's time this, this division stopped because somebody's a Republican and somebody's a Democrat. We gotta stop that. I mean to see Christians actually mad at each other and divided now because of their political stance. I I I don't know if people realize this or not, but there is no Republican that's gonna change a Democrat's mind it ain't going to happen. The more you try, the more they're going to hate you. And there's no Democrat that's going to change a Republican's mind. I'm telling you, it's not going to happen. How about we throw aside, how about we vote, how about we pray, and how about we preach the gospel? But my beliefs are real strong. Well, I hope your beliefs in Jesus are real strong too. That we need to get the gospel. You know, While we're doing this over here, we don't have the time or energy to do this over here. Got to watch out about being distracted from telling people about Jesus. I think there needs to be a great coming back together in these last days because division is pretty big right now in the church, and I just wish we hadn't fallen for it. Be what you are. I don't care, but be a Christian first. And if it's going to divide, why don't we just pray and vote and believe God? And, now, if you're called to be in politics, do what you got. Do what the Lord calls you to do. But, and I'm not saying don't ever say anything. That's, that's ridiculous. I'm not saying don't say anything, but how we say things is so important. If, you, if we're going to post things to try to convince a Republican to be a Democrat or a Democrat to be a Republican, that's probably not going to go anywhere. But if you, you can do things in love, you can buffer things with the way you say things, and you can be not non-threatening. And I just think it's like people are going crazy today over politics. I'm serious. I, I believe we need to be politically correct, but if you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you will be. So what if we got everybody filled with the Holy Ghost? Well, everybody would vote right. right. Yeah. Holy Ghost isn't going to have you vote one way and me vote another way. <laughs> That's not going to happen. So, we've got to wrap it up here. So, in closing, I'd like you to go to Exodus 40. And we'll look at a couple of scriptures. And then we'll go to Ezekiel and look at a couple. And we'll be done here in just a couple minutes. So, Exodus chapter 40. I was thinking about this, you know. I just, the days we're living in. You know, I am. Um, it said that just, and it's growing way beyond this. But as of like a couple days ago. 8 million plus Americans have purchased a firearm just in the last year or something. And they said it's growing a lot faster. So people are buying out ammo and buying all these guns. And I'm not against that. I mean, do it. Do what you want to do. Just don't do it in fear. That's how you attract bad things. Do it because the Lord led you to. Don't don't do anything in fear. Don't even do something good in fear. You know, Job was sacrificing for his kids. You know, oh, they might have cursed God in the party last night. Oh, my kids might have cursed God. And he, he, he offered up to all these sacrifices. Oh, my kids might have cursed God. Oh, my, so he's offering up all these sacrifices to God. Oh, he might, it sounds like he did it in fear. And it kind of bit him. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't, I can't send my kids, I can't send my kids uh, to public school. I got to send them to Christian school. I'm just afraid something bad might happen. Sending your kids to a Christian school is great, sending your kids to a Christian school because you're afraid is dangerous. I say we do things because we're led, not because we're afraid. So in Exodus 40, I thought of this with a lot of the crazy things that are happening in our world today, the shootings and all that kind of stuff. In Exodus 40, and verse 34 and verse 35, I just quoted this to you. It said, then the cloud covered the tent of the congregation. This is in Moses' day. And the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation because the cloud abode thereon, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. That's a good way to keep crazy people out. (laughs) Get the glory in. Isn't that awesome? Now, we know there's there's way other ways to believe for divine protection. Th- this is just an interesting way to live a safe life. We've been saying our church is a safe place, and it is. I mean, it's a safe place. Uh, when Kenneth Hagin was sick at 17 years old with, you know, three incurable diseases, deformed heart, paralysis, blood disease, and all that, he was basically dying, and, and, and the glory of God came into his bedroom. This is when he was 17. You know, he lived to be 86, you know. But he he was in his bedroom and the glory of God came in his bedroom like this bright shining cloud and his grandma because he told brother Hagen this story after he'd grown up a little she looked in the room then door was wide open and it looked all bright in there and so she just started walking toward the door boom she couldn't get in she bounced off and so she thought I'm going to get a running start of this so grandma gets way back here and starts running like this boom she bounces off the glory she couldn't get in the room because of the glory of the Lord I used to think, everybody come to our church. Everybody come to our church. We want everybody to come to our church. And then I realized, no, we don't want everybody to come to our church. There's some people I forbid to come to this church. And I put my angels on it. There's some people, you've you got to watch out about being too broad in your advertisement. Everybody, everybody come, everybody come. How about we let the Holy Ghost talk to each one of us and we'll all be led and bring the people that need to be here. And, and <laughs> there's some people we may not want in our church. Oh, Pastor, Jesus loves everybody. Of course he does. But some of these crazy people don't love him yet. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but the glory of the Lord. Look, Moses couldn't enter in. Why? Because the cloud, he bounced off just like Kenneth Hagin's grandma. Bounced off the glory. Couldn't get in. Ezekiel. We'll close with this. Ezekiel 1. Look at this. Ezekiel. We've got two scriptures to read here. Ezekiel, And these are just a few scriptures where it talks about the brightness of the glory, the cloud of God, the manifest presence of the Lord. Do you remember when Moses prayed one day, Lord, show me your glory? Interesting thing happened. He showed him his glory. (laughs) Isn't that awesome? Huh? Oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you, Carla. Is there something else? Okay. So... I'm almost done here. Ezekiel chapter 1 in verse, oh, let's see here, 28. Look at this, guys. As the appearance of the bow that is in the cloud in the day of the rain, so was the appearance of the brightness round about. Talking about the throne of God, he was seeing a vision here. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord, and when I saw it, I fell on my face, and I heard a voice of one that spoke. Isn't that interesting? Look at chapter 10 and verse four. Ezekiel 10 and verse four. It says, "Then the glory of the Lord went up from the cherub and stood over the threshold of the horse, excuse me, the house, and the house was filled with the cloud." And the court was full of the brightness of the Lord's glory. Sounds like they had a great meeting that day. It's amazing how deep things are dealt with and changed when the glory manifests. Things that have bound people from childhood. Things that have been diagnosed as unreversible, incurable. No way to fix. Things that people are convinced just runs in their family and they'll always be this way. When the glory of God manifests, people who couldn't stand start dancing. People who never couldn't cry start bawling. <laughs> right? There's something about the glory of the Lord. Oh my goodness, I'm, I'm, I'm so thankful. Why is the Lord having us teach on this? Maybe he wants to do it. No maybe about it. He does want this to happen. You know, Paul, Saul of Tarsus. You know, we talked earlier about how Saul of Tarsus was a terrorist. Wasting the church. Blaspheming. Injuring people that were called Christians. You know, just cheering the death of one of God's martyrs, Stephen. just, Just awful guy. Well, I think the church must have been praying for their persecutors. Because Jesus had a right to appear to this man on the road to Damascus. And the Bible says a bright light shined so bright that he couldn't see for three days he didn't go blind like he'd go blind and he was so just startled by the glory he said the glory of that light the glory of God appeared to him and then about three days later scales fell off his eyes and he saw just fine but look what the glory of God can do even to somebody who's fighting the things of God that's pretty powerful I don't think the Lord's going to be able to manifest that kind of glory to people that really need it if we're talking evil of those people and not praying for those people. And we really have to grow up spiritually in some of these things if we're going to usher in this wonderful presence of the Lord in our church. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab.